Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we are finishing up Hebrews chapter 4. We'll start around uh, verse 6, and we'll finish... uh, through uh, verse 19, and then we'll uh, conclude our study of Hosea uh, for the week. And then, of course, on Monday, we will start up our study again. And now, just a quick note, my co-host in Zambia, Matali, might not be able to record today. She um, um, is out, and uh, so we'll see. But uh, but I'm thinking that she'll probably not. But Matali will be back on uh, Monday for sure. So as we jump in, um, we hit a verse that we were touching on last time. It's just a powerful verse. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The people weren't depending on the Word of God. The people weren't reading the Word of God. The people weren't studying the Word of God. The people had forgotten the Word of God. And we have to look at that today, too. Are you reading the Word of God? I have to ask myself, too. Am I reading the Word of God? Is the Word of God front and center in our lives today? If it is, we'll probably remember what the Word of God says. But if the Word of God is not front and center in our lives, we're going to forget it. We're going to forget the knowledge of God because the worldly knowledge, our our own self-interest is going to start crowding. We only have so much... Um, I like to think about computers having RAM, random access memory. We only have so much of our brains that we can focus on something. Some people are always consumed with politics and some with music or some with, you know, their job or some with whatever they're doing in school. You know, there's only so much you can you can think about. You know, and of course, this new generation is a generation of multitaskers. They, but the, but they've been criticized as being so shallow because all these multitask people, you know, they have a lot on their plate and they're doing all these things all at the same time, but nothing to any super um, degree in depth. 
You know, it's all superficial. So you can either be pretty superficial and spread around, or you can be really, really in-depth with a few things. And the question is, is what are you choosing to be in-depth with? And God's saying, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you've forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. Isn't that that just a powerful statement? It shows the responsibility that a parent has on raising a child. Because if the parent forgets the laws of God, if the parent forgets the word of God, how can you give it to your children? And if the parent is not reading the word of God with the children, how can that be passed on? What a powerful message for every parent today. Read the Word of God. Read the Word of God with your children. If you're not keeping the Word of God front and center in your life, how can you keep it front and center in your child's life? Your child's watching you. Your child's learning from you. Your your child's faith depends on your faith. And when you start having... Children without the Word of God, being raised without the Word of God. When you start having generations of children who may even be born out of wedlock, their father is not a father in heaven. Their father is sin. That's why God was saying earlier through these texts, you know, not my people. These children aren't even my people. I don't even... I'm not even their their father to give them instruction or give them mercy. Their father is a father of sin. <clears throat> Verse 7, the more they increased, the more they sinned against me. So in other words, the more the nation multiplied, they're just born into sin. I will change their glory into shame. Now the glory, McGee calls, says that the glory is the temple of God. The temple of God had the presence of God in it, and that was glory. The people got glory, not because of what they did, but it was God's presence with them. But the people's glory will be changed to shame because the the, um, presence of God will leave the temple. They will feed on the sin of my people, and they are greedy for their iniquity, and it shall be like people, like priests. So the, the priests aren't going to be any different than the people. The priests aren't going to be able to tell the, the people anything you know, from God because the, the priests are going to be just like the people. The priests are, are going to have the same things. They're going to be telling the people what the people's itching ears want to hear. And so the priests will be popular when they do that. And, you know, of course, in the southern kingdom, Jeremiah was facing it. In the northern kingdom, Hosea is probably facing it too here, is that, you know, instead of warning the people that the kingdom is going to fall, the northern kingdom is going to fall, the priests are probably telling the people everything's okay. The priests are, are acknowledging uh, the people's sinful ways, but not not rebuking them for it. So the priests are like the people. The priests are, are not 
really representing God at all. You got to depend on a prophet like Hosea to represent, you know, God to the people. I will punish them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. They shall eat, but not be satisfied. They shall play the whore, but not multiply because they have forsaken the Lord to cherish whoredom, wine and new wine. They're making decisions here. And because of these lifestyle changes the people are making, they're not going to be blessed and they're not going to multiply. They're, they're going to be multiplying into sin, but they're not going to be multiplying as the nation of God. To cherish whoredom, wine, and new wine, which take away the understanding, which take away the understanding of what right and wrong is, take away people's understanding to do what God is instructing them to do. They trade their knowledge away, and they trade their ability to make decisions away. Whoredom is like peer pressure. It's sin. It is lust. It's greed. And then you throw wine and lifestyle decisions like that, and your ability to make decision-making is even going down worse. Verse 12, my people inquire a piece of wood and their walking staff gives them oracles. You know, that's kind of an, just a silly statement, but it's, it's what's, what these people were, were placing their faith in. There, he's, it's a little bit of sarcasm there too. Like they're carving idols and gods and statues out of wood. So basically he says, my people are, praying or asking things from a piece of wood and a walking staff or, or even a stick is there to give an answer. What kind of silliness is that? For a spirit of whoredom has led them astray. They have left their God to play the whore. This whole spirit of whoredom, it's a whole lifestyle. You know, it's sort of a new age. It's sort of, whoredom could be physical whoredom. It could be spiritual whoredom. Spiritual whoredom could be worship of of just man-made material things. Worshiping your possessions. Worshiping your uh, lust for power or popularity or prestige or pseudoscience. You know, all these things that are taking people away from God, taking people's, rejecting the knowledge that comes from God and craving knowledge that comes from man. Can you see these parallels in our society today? Our society today definitely rejects the teaching of God. They almost, the society sort of paints the Christian as unidimensional when it's actually the Christian that is that has dimensions in their life beyond the borders of, of this whole universe because it's based on the Spirit of God. When you have the Spirit of God, there is endless faith, 
endless love and endless knowledge. But yet, man's society, man's world paints himself above God and points to God as being old-fashioned or intolerant or all these other negative adjectives that the atheistic society will paint on um, the Christian faith, those who acknowledge God. So that's what we're living in today is the atheistic society. And um, they don't want to call themselves the atheistic society. They want to call themselves humanists or they want to call themselves other things. But, but it's a society that rejects God. Look all around you and just see how society rejects the knowledge of God. And the whoredom is a spiritual whoredom. Could be a physical whoredom. Could be a physical adultery. Could be a spiritual adultery too. Verse 13, they sacrifice on the tops of the mountains and burnt offerings on hills under oak, poplar, and terabith because their shade is good. Therefore, your daughters play the whore. Now, I'm pretty sure that a lot of these uh, practices, these religious cults, would have um, orgy-type things on top of the mountains, on top of the hills, um, and it would be part of their ceremonies and things, and they would they would still do offerings and things like that. But <clears throat> I think this what this is referencing. Therefore, your daughters play the whore, and I will, and your brides commit adultery. So, everybody, it's it's like the theme of this chapter. Over and over is adultery in this society of whoredom. Verse 14, I will not punish your daughters when they play the whore, nor your brides when they commit adultery. For the men themselves go aside with prostitutes and sacrifice with cult prostitutes. And a people without understanding shall come to ruin. It's almost sarcastic the way that verse starts off. Because it's like, it's almost, my study Bible is saying, it's almost saying every single person to a person is in sin. And it's almost hard to, to, um, to punish anybody because everybody's in sin. It's almost hard to punish anybody because everybody thinks this is the right way to to do things, everybody thinks this is the um, the norm, and even your religious ceremonies are whoredom or sin like this, or prostitution. There's no knowledge. The people have no knowledge. They have no glory. They have no shit, and all they have is their own shame. Verse fifteen: Though you play the whore. O Israel, let not Judah become guilty. Okay? So Israel, the northern kingdom, is deep into this. 
deep into Baal worship, deep into uh, immoral worship. Let not Judah become guilty. Enter not into Gilgal, nor go up to Beth-Avon. These were supposed to be, I believe, pagan sites. So he's saying, let not the people in the southern kingdom go up to these places in the northern kingdom and get corrupted and swear not as the Lord lives. That's a um, kind of an oath that people were never supposed to utter in these pagan sites. And I believe they were uttering these things um, in these pagan sites, Verse, which is terrible. Verse 16, like a stubborn heifer, Israel is stubborn. In other words, Israel <clears throat> is almost like a, a calf that you can't feed, that you can't lead. Is stubborn. Can the Lord now feed them like a lamb in a broad pasture? It's really hard to to lead a stubborn animal in a in a in a in a pasture to be fed. If they if they lock up their legs, you can't lead them. And this is what uh, God is is sort of um, comparing the Northern Kingdom to Israel, like a stubborn animal. Ephraim. This is verse 17, is joined to idols. Leave him alone. Ephraim was one of the northern tribes. And sometimes, um, you know, like God refers to the southern kingdom as Judah. That's one of the tribes. But he's sort of collectively talking about Judah as the southern kingdom. He sometimes refers to the northern kingdom as either Samaria or Ephraim. So the northern kingdom, Ephraim, is joined to idols. Leave him alone. There's nothing more I can do for this northern kingdom. This northern kingdom has rejected me, has rejected knowledge. There's no faithfulness, no steadfast love, no knowledge of God in the land. That was back on verse 1. I can't do anything more for Ephraim. When the drink is gone, they give themselves to whoring. Their rulers dearly love shame. So after after the wine wears off, it's whoring. After the whoring wears off, there's wine. There's They trade the glory for the shame. Their rulers dearly love shame. Verse 19, A wind has wrapped them in its wings, and they shall be ashamed because of their sacrifices. A wind, it's like a spirit. This whole spirit of whoredom, either physical whoredom or spiritual whoredom, worshiping idols, worshiping things that aren't the Word of God. This this spirit has taken them over, just like wrapping them in wings. And these people are not my people. These people are not going to get my mercy. They don't have my presence. They've rejected my presence. Who are these people? And so this is a very sobering chapter about the northern kingdom completely... 
rejecting God. His words, His wisdom, His knowledge, His faithfulness, His steadfast love, His very presence. And what we see is a society totally corrupt. The parents are totally corrupt. Raising new generations of sons and daughters, totally corrupt. Their worship practices, Baal worship on the mountaintops, totally corrupt. The priests who are supposed to be leading the people to God's word, totally corrupt. There's no difference between a person and a priest. And there you have it. A society that is completely inside to outside, back to front, top to bottom, inside and out, corrupt and a spiritual horror, a spiritual um, drunken, spiritually drunk, spiritually whoring, physically or spiritually. So that's what we've got. Um, a Just a sobering look at the Northern Kingdom. So we'll end here and we'll begin next week as we continue our study on this fascinating and just awesome book of Hosea. So for me to all of you, God bless you. We'll see you next time. And we'll just also hope and we'll be praying for Matali that she um, makes a quick recovery and uh, we'll be ready for uh, our study next week. God bless you all. And we'll see you next time.